Depression, anxiety, and autoimmune symptoms after birth is not how it's supposed to be. There is a much better way, and I'm here to show you how to do just that. Hey, my friend, I'm Miranda Bauer, a mother to four kids and a biology student turned scientist obsessed with changing the world through postpartum care. Join us as we talk to mothers and the providers who serve them and getting evidence-based information that actually supports the mind, body, and soul in the years after birth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Postpartum University podcast. I'm Miranda Bauer, your host, and I want you to meet Dr. David Billstrom today. He is a highly accomplished physician, author, speaker, educator, over three decades of experience in the medical field. He's the founder of the Autoimmune Paradigm Experts course. So you might get a little hint here of why he's here today and serves as the medical director of the International Autoimmune Institute and Brigham Memorial uh, Center for Functional Medicine. So, so many amazing credentials, quadruple board certifications, and all sorts of things. And his mission is to re revolutionize the way autoimmune disease is treated worldwide by teaching the fundamentals of functional medicine. Welcome, Dr. David. I'm so happy you are here. Well, lovely to be here. Yes. Yeah, so obviously today's episode is on postpartum autoimmune issues, which I have been talking about for years and often feel like I am the only one who's having these conversations. So I was beyond excited to learn about your work, especially because you are one of the few providers I have ever heard talk about reversing and preventing autoimmune and chronic disease. Can you share a little bit more about why women in postpartum are at such an increased risk for developing an autoimmune disease? What is happening here? So the one thing that's important to understand is that women inherently are at much higher risk of getting autoimmune disease than men. Thus, 80% of people that get autoimmune disease are women. And two central mechanisms uh, have to do with a hormone imbalance called estrogen dominance, where a woman has too much estrogen, not enough progesterone, now, that's a huge driver of all the hormonal menstrual stuff you can think about. Bad flows, bad cramps, PMS, ovarian cysts, breast cysts, fibers, endometriosis. Whenever you see a woman with any of that stuff, you go, oh, you got estrogen dominance. But also, because estrogen revs and progesterone calms, you can see things like excessive worry, anxiety, panic attacks, insomnia with this estrogen dominance, too. So as you can imagine, it's really common. But also, uh, it has to do with which genes are turned on and turned off in every one of our cells. So it turns out that our DNA, our genes, isn't so much what genes you have, it's which ones get turned on and turned off. And that has to do with what they call epigenetics, the things that influence our gene expression. So there are so many bad genes we got to turn off in every cell, but there are so many bad genes on the X chromosome, and women have two copies of the X. Guys have one X, one Y. For a woman to be optimally healthy, she has to be able to shut down at least 85% of the entire second X chromosome in every cell in her body to be optimally happy. And as that probably sounds, that's a big job, can be done, big job. And then on top of that, everything that drives autoimmune disease in the, in the first place is really challenged during pregnancies and then almost doubly challenged after pregnancies to make it even harder for women to avoid uh, turning on this autoimmune uh, disease process postpartum. 
I absolutely love the conversation of epigenetics. I think it's so incredible the the science behind this. I, I think we're still uh, learning so much about uh, genes and genetics and and epigenetics. Why is it so important for moms to understand epigenetics and how this can help them and their recovery? Yeah. So so anything you do that makes you feel better you're altering epigenetics in a positive way. Anything that makes you feel worse, makes you feel sick, you're altering it in a bad way. So what you want to do uh, is flip all the good genes on, never sound your body, flip all the bad genes off. So things like meditation, for example, uh, Harvard showed back in like 15 years ago that if you meditate, you're flipping genes the right way. And this is where they go, oh, that seems like this is exactly what you want to do to basically prevent and fix anything. Same thing with other kind of uh, uh, things where the most impactful things are flipping genes. So what you like to do when you're not feeling well, let's say a woman postpartum autoimmune disease, you go, oh, we know what flips genes the wrong way. Vitamin deficiencies, hormone imbalances, stress hormone cortisol is compromised, environmental toxicity, uh, eating foods that are problematic, gut disruption, all flip people the wrong way. So you fix all that stuff, you flip it the right way. So this is where for a woman to undo and fix this autoimmune thing, turn it off, and then put herself in a really good position, never to have to deal with autoimmune disease, disease again, but also because cancer is the flip side of the same coin as autoimmune disease. Everything you do to reverse and prevent autoimmune disease is actually preventing cancer and chronic disease in general. So a woman gets flipped the right way, well, now she's in a really great place to stay healthy her whole life. But this also goes to where this stuff comes from. So we know that if you don't flip genes the right way before conceiving a child, you pass on crummier genes the next six to eight generations. So the woman with the postpartum depression, she's basically kind of living the traumas of past generations. Things that have flipped them the wrong way have now got her in a position where she's flipped the wrong way bad enough that she has this autoimmune thing. But because of this, this is why we know when a, when a parent has an autoimmune disease, the child, the children are so much more likely to get disease, not just the one the parent has. Thus, this is why we go, oh, all, all autoimmune disease is really just one disease that can attack any body part. It's not like hundreds of different kinds, but this makes it so easy. If you don't get rid of the first one, you can get a second, third, fourth autoimmune disease. But what you want to do for your kids is optimize their epigenetics by age 19 so they just don't get this stuff. And then when they start having kids, now they're passing cleaner genes onto the next six to eight generations. So they don't have to deal with autoimmune disease, including um, uh, female descendants are in a much better position not to have to deal with autoimmune disease postpartum. And because the body's so smart, it's actually super easy to get your young kids in a position flipping their genes the right way so they don't have to, to deal with that. This is such a fascinating conversation because you're saying, one, genes very much matter, obviously. Two, we're not, we're not our genes. And, you know, I, I think I hear so many people, especially in this, in, in the healthcare world, well, it's just my genes, right? It's been passed down for generations. So this is just how it's been. And you're saying, well, it, that might be true. It obviously is passed down for several generations, but you also have the ability to shift this. Is that correct? Isn't that profound? Yes, exactly. Ah, I love this. There is there is a conversation that I have heard often in this space related to autoimmune issues in motherhood, and that is on fetal maternal mycochimerism. 
And I'm hoping that you can shed a little bit of light on this in particular. What is that for one? And how does that impact the immune system? What is your take on this? Yeah, so so this is where pregnancy ideally should be an opportunity for a woman's body to heal and fix things. But when things happen not quite the right way, it can actually uh, be one of the things that drives autoimmune disease postpartum. So we've, we've known for a long time when a woman's pregnant, the woman's nutrients, vitamins, minerals, all this, you know, goes to the developing fetus so that the baby can grow and all this kind of stuff. So it crosses placenta, but what we now know is it's, it's a two-way street. And so not only do nutrients and, and those kind of things get to the baby, but also maternal cells of all kinds get to the baby but the developing baby cells cross the placenta to the mother too. So this is where ideally the stem cells, because when a baby's first, uh, first uh, the egg and the sperm get together and you get these early cells, they're all stem cells. Stem cells being cells that can turn into any body part. And, and if everything works right, body parts end up in the same place they should be. So you have all these stem cells. Well, these stem cells go to the mother across the placenta. The mother will then carry these stem cells for decades, at least two to three decades. And ideally, these stem cells allow the mother to fix any kind of damaged tissue in her body because she has the basic building blocks for healthy cells of all kinds with these stem cells. So you hear a lot about stem cell therapy nowadays. Hey, we give you these cells that can turn into any healthy tissue. They turn into healthy tissue in your body your tissues in your body are healthier. So a mother has these great stem cells coming from the developing fetus that she can use to fix stuff. And this is one reason why they think that sometimes when people get autoimmune disease, it can actually go away during pregnancy and, and all this kind of stuff. So this is an opportunity if the body's in a position to benefit from that. Now, kind of the downside is after uh, delivering a baby, and, and this happens more with C-section than it does with uh, vaginal delivery, is there's a whole bunch of fetal baby cells that get into the mother's body after a C-section, for example. And ideally, these can be used to heal. But if the immune system is disrupted, it's kind of on the edge, maybe I should turn into an autoimmune disease, maybe I'm not. These non-same cells as the mother, they're from a different person, particularly they see this with the birth of male children, because now you got male cells in your body. As a woman, these cells that are not the woman's cells become from their offspring, the immune system can get confused and then go, wow, we got some cells in us that are not us. They could be our enemy. We maybe should start making antibodies against these cells. But oh, by the way, this kind of collateral damage in the fight against these cells might turn into a fight against our own cells. And then this could drive the autoimmune process where ideally it should be an opportunity to heal, but it could actually turn into an opportunity to drive autoimmune disease. And you mentioned cesarean being a, a factor in this. And I'm wondering if that's also applicable to anyone who experiences any sort of, say, birth trauma, which is, you know, 30% of women in the United States experience that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All that kind of stuff um, uh, increases the risk, including when you think about the things that are going to drive autoimmune disease in general, well, cortisol, the stress hormone, if it gets uh, um, kicked up into the stress mode, um, that makes it very hard to heal, including when cortisol gets kicked up in the stress mode, uh, that suppresses the immune system. And it's very easy to get the infections that drive chronic disease, different than the infections that drive 
obvious disease where you get fevers and all this kind of stuff. And so typically during pregnancy, cortisol levels rise, rise, rise and hit their peak right before delivery. But then again, if you have a stressful delivery, you know, you're, 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 you know, you had to use something to get the contractions going, Pitocin, this kind of stuff, that is kind of creates stress to the body, the physical stress to delivering a child, ooh, that is stressful. And then, you know, all this kind of stuff, cortisol just gets kicked up in the stress mode and that suppresses the immune system and get infection. But also there's a big shift in the immune system during pregnancy to maintain pregnancies. That shift goes a different way right after delivery. But that immune system shift right after delivery actually makes it easier to get infections that drive this chronic health issue as well. So there's ever so many things kind of working against a woman avoiding autoimmune disease when all this stuff is going on. Become a postpartum university professional. Our evidence-based trainings, guides, downloads, tools, and community membership is now open for applications. Join us as we learn, connect, and implement better care practices for ourselves and for our clients we serve. You can learn more at postpartumu, the letter u.com slash membership. And that's why it's so incredibly important to, you know, especially during that postpartum period to really focus on that healing and that rest and that recovery so that you are supporting your nervous system in those changes, that you're reducing those cortisol levels uh, and and so many things. And, and it sounds like that is, in a sense, also changing those epigenetic precursors, those things that could impact your overall health, not just in the moment, but really for your lifetime. Absolutely. And this is where things like uh, maintaining an excellent vitamin D level during pregnancy, ideally vitamin D levels should be 70 to 90 during uh, any time, but you want to maintain those during a pregnancy. So for example, if a woman's vitamin D is above 50 during a pregnancy, she has automatically decreased the risk of her offspring ever getting multiple sclerosis by 50%. Vitamin D is profoundly important. It's almost never as important as it is during pregnancy because it really helps the developing baby. And then having great vitamin D levels after delivering the baby in the mother is going to be a, a big factor in preventing the autoimmune disease process and all that goes with it. But this is also where vitamin D is so important for not only the epigenetics of the mother, including during pregnancy to help the epigenetics already the developing fetus, but there's this great study out of Northern Finland well, they took every kid born in 1966 and they followed them for 31 years, all the way to 1997. And they took a bunch of the kids and said, okay, you take 2000 IU of vitamin D every year, first year of life. We don't care what you do after the first year, just we're going to follow you for 31 years. The other group, don't do it. We're going to follow you. Now, 2000 IU of vitamin D is never going to get somebody basically up to like 70 to 90. But it's a great example in kids, a little bit goes such a long way when it's the a big player, it's like, like vitamin D. So what they saw was that there was a 90% reduction in type 1 diabetes risk in the kids that took 2,000 IU vitamin D first year of life. In the U.S., they anticipate that by 2050, there's going to be 600,000 young people under the age of 20 with type 1 diabetes. If everybody knew this by 2030, we would have 545,000 less cases of type 1 diabetes. Over half a million kids would be prevented from getting type 1 diabetes by 2050. But also, we know that all autoimmune disease is basically the same thing. So if you're keeping vitamin D good, you're probably not just preventing type 1 diabetes, but probably all autoimmune disease. And there's ever so many studies about how vitamin D 
prevents all different kinds of autoimmune disease. Cancer is the flip side of autoimmune disease. Ever so many studies about how vitamin D will prevent cancer, such as if a woman's vitamin D is above 60, she will automatically decrease her risk of ever getting breast cancer by 82%. So you go, gosh, this prevented type 1 diabetes. Does it prevent all autoimmune disease? Gosh, does it prevent all cancer? But also what they saw in the kids is the kids never ended up getting schizophrenia. And we now know that all brain stuff is just brain stuff. So whatever drives schizophrenia drives major depressive disorder, ADD, ADHD, panic attacks, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Ever so many studies showing vitamin D is great for brain chemistry. So it kind of begs the question, geez, would this prevent all brainy stuff? And as I think any uh, parent knows, wow, is there a bunch of brainy stuff in kids nowadays? And so this is where that 2000 IU, the first year of life, oh my gosh, does that flip epigenetics the right way? that the kids are just healthier their entire life because of that. That's incredible. I have goosebumps just hearing you say that. And I absolutely love the fact that you're you're talking about vitamin D. And I know that you also talk a lot about the power of nutrition and gut health. And statistically speaking, when we're talking about new mothers within the U.S. and how they're entering postpartum, many are very depleted of key nutrients like vitamin D, but many others as well, and many nutrients that have been clinically linked to mental health challenges like postpartum depression and anxiety, but also obviously linked to autoimmune issues, especially you know when those deficiencies go on for a really long period of time. What can you tell us about other nutrients outside of vitamin D as well? Yeah, and that's where you know the women are are kind of uh, in a difficult position not to get autoimmune disease because. Let's say they have, you know, nausea, vomiting during their pregnancy, this kind of stuff. Well, they're totally nutrient depleted and it's going to be hard to keep, ever catch up again uh, because they're giving so many of the nutrients to the developing baby. And then here they are nutrient deficient after they deliver, puts them at an increased risk of um, autoimmune disease. The, um, you know, you want to make sure that uh, kind of make, like the four major things during pregnancy to make sure the, the mother is healthy through the entire thing, comes out the other side postpartum doing well, but also the developing baby. You always want to make sure thyroid is perfect. You always want to make vitamin D is perfect. You always want to make sure you have enough iodine uh, and only the really highest quality prenatals have enough iodine. But also, and this is where the body is so smart. So we talk about 2000 IU vitamin D, never get optimized vitamin D levels, but oh my goodness, done in the right time. Wow. So now some new studies came out that if a woman takes probiotics during pregnancy or, of course, you know, lots of fermented foods and all this kind of stuff, every bit of a, a, a thing you don't want to have to have done, everything you don't want to have happen during a pregnancy is basically, you know, almost like fixed if you take probiotics during pregnancy. So you avoid the nausea and vomiting, the preeclampsia, the early uh, uh, you know, pre premature delivery, all this other kind of probiotics, and of course, throw a bunch of fermented foods on top of that. Oh my gosh, does that prevent everything you don't want during a pregnancy? And that's going to help you get out the other side, much less likely to end up with an autoimmune disease. I am so glad that you said that because what we're finding in science is there's there's so many other components to this that, and they all seem to kind of be related. You just listed several different things that can happen in, in pregnancy alone and they're all different, but yet so interrelated. Yep. And, you know, it kind of like everything comes from the same thing. And if you mm -hmm. do these really profound things like manage stress, 
you know, fermented foods, you know, high nutrient content foods, all these kind of things. Oh my gosh, you get it everything at the same time. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Now we we have had a, a long conversation here about uh, autoimmune disease, and we've talked about our children being at a higher increased risk if we have an autoimmune disease as moms. And we talked about how we can reverse this, how we can shift this. As moms, let's say we are experiencing autoimmune disease um, or, or maybe symptoms of we are on the path to healing. What can we do for our children as well? What are the things that we need to do for them? Obviously, vitamin D, as you had said. What are the other things that we can share with them, teach them, give to them that would also help shift their epigenetics so that they can heal alongside us, even though they might not even have symptoms? Yeah. So it's always it's always better to prevent stuff than try to deal with it when it's well uh, uh, developed. But then again, you know, as you talk about reversing autoimmune disease, no matter how well developed something is, your body's so good at healing, you, you can really turn around anything. But it's always nice to prevent it. So for the kids, the vitamin D is excellent. Now, in a perfect world, you probably like to check a vitamin D level in a newborn, you know, three months after starting the vitamin D. If it's not between 70 and 90, go off, recheck it in three months, all that kind of stuff. But also, anything you can do to create calm has this profound impact on health in general. So we recommend a lot of times like mother-child yoga, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Where you go yeah. And it's such a bonding experience for the parent and the child when you do this like mother-child, father-child yoga. But anything you do to create calm really helps the developing baby set epigenetics in a great place. Um, what we tend to find is kids intuitively, they'll, they'll figure out what calm feels like and what not calm feels like. And it is so stressful being a child nowadays. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of tell uh, patients, well, geez, when I was in kindergarten, if you were a good napper and played nicely in the playground, you were an A-plus student, right? Nowadays, <laughs> it's like, oh, we don't have time for that. You got to read. You got to learn this. All this. It's like stress, 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 stress. And so as the kids get older, and, but you've taught them that they inherently know what calm feels like. It's kind of a subconscious thing, but they'll come to the parent and go, hey, mom, can we do our yoga today when they come home from school? And you're like, oh, my gosh, you know what calm feels like, but you also know what not calm feels like. And you're not going to let this not calm build in your system until it creates chronic disease. You come to me and go, can we do the yoga together, mom? And you do it. And the child calms. They go, thanks, mom. Off they run and play. And you're like, oh, my gosh, my child knows how to create calm and knows what not calm feels like. And comes to me right away so we can reset that right away before it can develop into chronic disease. You know, that's that's a profound change. Mm, mm, I absolutely love that. That in itself is really that generational change that's breaking the generational trauma. Because how many of us has ever received that? I know growing up, I didn't. And I know that my parents didn't get that either. Uh, and so this is this is really huge on a multitude of levels, like the, the epigenetic shift, the, the generational changes, like all of this. Thank you so much for bringing this wisdom to the table. Absolutely. I am so impressed with your work. I feel like this information is not mainstream. If you all are listening into this, you're probably blown away by this information. And Dr. David, where can people go to learn more about you, your work, and your programs? Oh, please. Yeah, my, my website is drdavidbilstrom.com. And if people want to kind of really take a deep dive into some of these subjects, but also really learn how they can kind of you know turn things around themselves because the body's so good at healing. If you just kind of hit the big, 
the big players, you can turn stuff around. We have a new free online email course called medicalbilldetox.com. And people with chronic health issues, oh my gosh, do the medical bills build up and the medicines that get used, they don't fix it and it just gets worse. So this is a really way, good way for people to undo this stuff, fix themselves. Of course, we're, we're always here if we need to help, but really the body's so smart, it can fix this stuff as long as you kind of know the biggest fish to fry. And this is a really nice deep dive into things like cortisol, infections that drive chronic disease, these other kind of topics that are really important at maintaining health, but also fixing things when we're already there. I love it. I absolutely love it. And of course, all of those links are in the show notes. So please definitely go take a look at that. Thank you so much, Dr. David, for your time and your attention to this. I'm so glad that we've had this conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so grateful you turned into the Postpartum University podcast. We've hoped you enjoyed this episode enough to leave us a quick review. And more importantly, I hope more than ever that you take what you've learned here, applied it to your own life and consider joining us in the Postpartum University membership. It's a private space where mothers and providers learn the real truth and the real tools needed to heal in the years postpartum. You can learn more at www.postpartumu.com. We'll see you next week.